Welcome to When Pigs Fly. We're a podcast that's uncovering Cincinnati's rich business history dating back from the 1800s to today. We talk to companies to learn the ups and downs of entrepreneurship, what it takes to grow a successful business, and to simply prost to future innovation. I'm one of your co-hosts, Ali Martin. And I'm your other co-host, Patrick Bailey. And today we're talking with Amanda Valentine from Amanda Valentine Bites. And she also has a podcast called Pound This. We will get into the details as to where the name came from. But really the background in her history is she's a fitness and lifestyle coach that was influenced through her her weight loss journey. She's worked in traditional media and radio for years and years. She was in seven different cities on air. And she has taken her broadcast experience and turned it into her own brand through her weight loss journey. Yeah, I'm excited to hear more about how her personal journey and her weight mm-hmm. loss journey is has affected and influenced her professional life and journey. So I think there's something that everyone can learn from her. I know. It's, it's such a unique position to be in from an entrepreneurial perspective because mm-hmm. as someone who's in broadcast, you have to build a persona and you mm-hmm. want to you know make people laugh and listen. And then how do you take that, you as that person, and say... I, I want to make money off of this. I want to make a business off of this. So there's so much in her life that is intertwined that I think is going to be really interesting to uncover as she moved her business all into the digital space and as she decided to leave radio. Do you think uh, her time at radio was like WKRP Cincinnati? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, if she was inspired by the show that was dated back from 1978 to 1982, please, I know that was a staple of this city. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, personally, I've never watched that because it's not on Netflix. <laughs> I don't think so. So that's why this conversation is going to be interesting. So let's bring her in and hear about her personal experience. Let's do it. So Amanda, number one, we're so happy to have you on. You're kind of our first brand influencer, so to speak, but you also come with a very interesting experience where you, you've almost morphed this personal journey and a professional journey. So you come from the background of radio and media, and you have a a tremendous weight loss story, and you've been able to combine both of them. So let's backtrack and go back to the beginning and talk about a little bit of your weight loss journey and then how you got into media. Okay. Uh, well, the weight loss journey is I, I've struggled with obesity my entire life. Like the, I can, as far as I can remember, like around age six, I was, I knew that I was wearing adult size clothes and I just knew that I was the big kid in school. I always struggled with my weight. And at the time, because uh, I'm old, I didn't have the internet <laughs> available to like Google weight loss <laughs> or anything yeah, like that. The, the Instagram I, workouts weren't a thing. Yeah, no. I mean, when I did get internet, I was just trolling AOL chat rooms. So it wasn't anything that was, how do I lose weight? <laughs> so when I, I moved away, well, and all through college, I, I was overweight. And then I didn't do my first real hardcore diet until my early 20s. Um, I tried Atkins and stuff like that. But mm. I, I did. And it was through a radio station I worked with. I had an endorsement deal with LA Weight Loss, which doesn't exist anymore with good reason. And I lost 60 pounds in six months. And oh, wow. then, yeah, it was crazy, but yeah. I, I didn't learn a damn thing from it. And it was just basically I was eating six grapes at a time and three wheat thins. And um, and that would drive you in. I would drive anybody insane. You can't sustain that. That's not healthy. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. I mean, you're just in a major caloric deficit, but mm. yeah, I didn't really know anything about what I was doing. And it was different than all of the, you know, 
crap that I was using before. But as soon as I, I moved for another radio job, that endorsement deal went away and back came my normal eating habits and drinking because I was in my early 20s and mm -hmm. that weight came back. And then I got mm -hmm. married and I went on South Beach diet and lost 40 pounds and then gained that back. And, and a couple times in there, did Weight Watchers a couple times. I tried all sorts of stuff. And I so I yo-yoed for about a decade and then I was in a really bad place with like career and everything. And I was just binge eating every single night, mm. like binge eating to the point of pain, like hitting multiple fast food restaurants just for one meal. Mm. Um, when I knew my husband wasn't going to be home and then I would hide the trash. And so he wouldn't know just how much I was just eating like crazy wow. to, you know, numb out my feelings. And at the time I was living in Denver and I was just binge drinking with my friends and binge eating in secret um, by myself. And I'm like, I live in one of the most beautiful places in the country and I wasn't even going outside. That's a very and active I just, city. Yeah, totally. I mean, everybody there is like fit and hot. And uh, and I'm like, <laughs> this doesn't feel like me. This isn't like my life. You know what I mean? Of like, I was just kind of like, God, this, I'm not doing anything what I, what, that I want to, that I'm physically able to with my body. Mm. I just don't feel comfortable in my own skin. I was just hating myself. And I'm like, I got to make a change. Mm. And it happened to be around New Year's time. And on the morning show I was on, we all made these 90-day New Year's resolutions. And mine was to lose 15 pounds in 90 days. But I'm like, I'm not going to diet. I'm just going to make better choices. I kind of began my mantra that I still stick by, which is just make the best decision possible in every moment. From that, I just felt super empowered that I started losing weight on my own just by making better food choices. And I started walking and I lost 20 pounds in those first 90 days. And it just wow. kind of I yeah. just steamrolled from there. Just moving. And yeah. Mm. I mean, I turned 30 that year. And what that was the first time after I turned 30, I ever ran a mile in my entire life. Oh, wow. And I started couch to 5K and it just... It just, I don't know, it just completely changed me. And then I moved to Oregon and I did so much hiking and, and running and walking and just got, then I started getting into meal prepping. And so now it's been almost a decade of just completely changing my, my lifestyle and my life. And it's just become so much of my life. And yeah. it's the way that I can help other people through that journey, I think is, is absolutely amazing because it's hard. It sucks. It's there's everybody's selling you their own different yeah, version of yeah. should, or should not do. And ultimately it just comes down that you just, you know, need to change whatever you want to change for yourself. And it doesn't have to be like, I need to be skinny or I need to be hot. Mm. It just needs to be mm. like, for Healthy. me. I'm like, I, yeah, I just want to feel good in my own skin and, and mm. live yeah. a life that I feel comfortable in. And so that's kind of the short story, but still long story. <laughs> no, but well worth no. telling. Yeah, definitely. So how did the professional, your professional life affect your personal journey? Obviously, they're, you know, they probably went hand in hand. Well, it was affecting my career in the in the fact of whenever things became more public eye, um, mm. specifically like just like MySpace. I remember oh, when gosh. MySpace came out, I was applying <laughs> for a radio job and they're like, if you don't have a MySpace, don't bother applying. And I'm like, oh, God. I never I had a MySpace. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, you know. Neither did I. Yeah. <laughs> but that was like third, I think it was like third or fourth grade when like MySpace was still like peak popularity and I was not allowed on it. Oh my God, I'm so old. <laughs> so, but MySpace was the thing for you, though, in order. That was the start of the social media time. I guess you started, had to be more engaged with your fans. 
Yeah. So that, in that point, I was like still yo-yo dieting. And then I, then Facebook came along. And so there was just mm. more and more and more visualization of me. And I was just hiding behind the camera of like, don't take a picture of me. Like when I was with a co-host and I was holding her newborn baby and I hated the photo of me and I freaked out because one of the other people on the show posted it and stuff like that. So I'm like, that mm. part sucked mm. about my job too. But from losing the weight and becoming more confident, I will say I became so much better at my job as a broadcaster because I was just such more more confident in myself hmm. and just was more free to like just do the silly weird stuff that I do because I didn't feel that like shame or judgment of like, you know, look at the big girl trying to be funny or whatever. And so hmm. I, I felt like that really helped my career a ton. And then just even speaking about my weight loss experience, which I didn't do too much at the beginning. But when I realized I did kind of discuss that on the air, it just really struck a chord with people, which is how I ended up doing my podcast um, mm. was at B105 here in Cincinnati. One of my bosses said, you know, I wish that you would talk about this more on the air. And I'm like, well, it's hard to be like, mm -hmm. I binge ate pizza last night. Now here's Blake Shelton. <laughs> 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 one shot, one tequila, one beer. That's you're like it probably isn't the best motivation. No, now go run a mile and run it off. Exactly. So I I started a blog, which it was way more successful than I planned. And then at the time that uh, the radio station had like a stake in a podcasting company. And I was like, my my radio show had a, its own podcast. And I, I was like, well, I like speaking better than I like writing. So mm -hmm. I'm like, can I have my own podcast? And they're like, if you want to do all the work, you can go all right on ahead. You do your <laughs> yeah. own thing. So I started my podcast at the beginning of uh, 2018. And that was way more successful than I ever planned ever. It was just like, hey, here's a way for me to talk about something that I can't shut up about. And then to see like how it helps people around the world is absolutely insane. And that was uh, that was a big trigger for me to be like, wow, there's there's something here. And I feel like I need to kind of follow this passion and see where mm. this goes, which left led me to leaving my radio career. Did you ever think about that you wanted to be in the public eye? I feel like you kind of have to almost like kind of decide that early on, especially if you want to go into radio, like. Did you always want to be this public person? I wouldn't even say that I thought about it as a, as a public person, but I, I always wanted to do radio. Like that's all I ever wanted to do. And that came from me growing up. I was just such a freaking nerd. And I loved this radio, this morning show on the radio. I, I grew up in a small town in Illinois outside of St. Louis. So it was a St. Louis morning show. And I was obsessed with them. And I got to meet them once. I stood in line at a carpet store. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. And I, just, I, I mean, this, again, this is going to date me, too, where I had to leave to go to school and catch the bus. So I would hit a cassette and record when I left, a 90-minute cassette. Oh, wow. And when I got home from school, I would listen back to what I had missed on the morning show and just fast forward through all the commercials dedication. Right. But I felt like I really loved it because I just felt so connected to them. Like they felt like my friends. I felt like even though I, I didn't even know what they looked like because mm. there, there was no internet to see them. And I just, it just felt like just people that if I, I, I could just hang out with them and, and they were in my life every day. And I think that's what really drew me to, to radio was to be able to have that connection with somebody that you don't even know and somebody that can kind of change your day and make you laugh and put you in a better mood or tell you a story or somebody that you could just have that 
connection with. And I'm like, man, I'm like, that's, that's what I want to do. And even when I first went into radio, I didn't even, didn't even think about being on the air. Like all I thought was I just need to work in radio. And at first I just wanted to do making commercials and imaging and stuff like that. And that's through my internship. Like I, I bullied my way into them creating a <laughs> production intern for me. Didn't exist. And when I left for my for, first full-time job in Paducah, Kentucky, I did nights and then I moved up to middays. I mean, it was cool. I was psyched that I was getting paid to do it, although I was only getting paid 15 grand a year. Wow. Um, yeah. Wow. And then wow. once I did my first morning show after that, I was only at that station for eight months. And then I did my first morning show and that's, kind of was a game changer of like, this is where it's at for me is because I, I love improv and I've done a ton of improv and I just like the bantering with people and having somebody else. And so I had done team shows ever since. And I, I started my first morning show two weeks after I turned 21. I've done, I've done a lot of team shows. I've been a, a guy and a girl. It's been all I've had. A, I've had many co-hosts. I can count them on three hands um, to four person morning <laughs> shows, three person morning shows, uh, afternoon shows. I've kind of been all over the place and moving around from station to station too. So, and format. So, format. <laughs> well, which is interesting, right? So before we dive more into that, into the entrepreneurial side of what you're doing now, you have carried over a lot of those skill sets and a lot of those traits with you to be able to build your brand. So what were those things that you were learning along the way as a broadcaster and those talents and those skills that you're still taking and using today? For me, it's it's about entertaining the listener. It's about what they want. It's not about me. It's not about what I think is n cool necessarily, or it is, but it's just kind of like, I guess you have to be passionate. Yeah. So not only health and fitness, if just anything of like, I try to put myself of if I was in the car right now and I'm driving to work or I'm driving home, what do I want to listen to? What do I think is funny? What do I think is entertaining? And just having other people in mind and kind of basing around what I do around that. And for me, that's helpful now, especially with social media of just kind of gauging and seeing how people react and what people are sharing and what the kind of the temperature of the room is and then take that. And even though it might not be something I'm super into, but what can I take from that and, and create something for someone else? And I, that's just something that's that's really stuck with me through the whole thing of, of just really, I love just studying human behavior and just seeing what people react to and creating content around what I think, you know, will will help other people or entertain other people. And once I kind of learned that key, I think that that was a game changer too, rather than just talking about station events or, or anything like that, or just, you know, or even when I'm telling a story that's my own personal story and I'm coming from a place of authenticity, authenticity also is another huge one of just mm. yourself, no matter what. How do you teach authenticity? I, I mean, it's hard. I mean, cause it's, I mean, cause you have to be vulnerable for it and you mm. have to really kind of put yourself out there and, and be open for attack. Um, because knowing that not everybody will agree with you or like what you have to say and, so also kind of being at a, a strong place with yourself and mm -hmm. knowing and standing your ground of like I said what I what I believe in and if you don't like it then I'm sorry but especially with radio if like yo it's free if you don't like it then peace out like <laughs> and have you personally been attacked I wanted to say have you personally been attacked by Regina George <laughs> <laughs> Got my burn book. <laughs> Are you in Regina George's burn book? <laughs> what was that like? 
<laughs> um, no, I would say, I mean, people, and, and I think I've learned too of like when I have, and I, I really haven't, I, and I don't want to mm. jinx myself. I don't really feel like I'm controversial in any way, but there, you can just tell when people really, or they'll attack my body or something like that mm. because I put an after picture of like, this is something that they're insecure about and mm. that mm-hmm. there's no reason to do that to me or a lot of backhanded compliments because it just feels like people just need to get a ding in you. Mm. But I've never really had anybody like really like mad at me or come after me for anything like that. I've had some, I'd say I've had more creepy instances than I've Oof. had like mean ones. Do you think radio helped you become more vulnerable and open, thus allowing you to share your weight loss journey and be more open about your weight loss journey? Yeah, I definitely think so. I just think that from me being on the radio and especially kind of being in those sort of team shows and not just solo and where, you know, the the whole messaging was live your life on the air. So it's Mm. like by by living my life and, and really giving people a sense of who I am so they know, you know, if they connect to me or not, then it just... Yeah, it just is like I've seen in radio when I talk about my own personal things or going what's going on in, you know, with my animals or my house or my husband or anything <laughs> else. Like that seeing how that's what really what people connect on that helps mm. with the weight loss. And also a huge lesson I've learned in that is people connect a lot more with failures than successes. It's yeah. um, interesting. Yeah, that it's like I think people want to know that like I'm not alone in messing up sometimes or I feel this way but I feel especially me sharing my binge eating like that's something that is so shameful and and I myself hit it for a long time and I didn't talk about that at all anyone until I started my podcast but how many people are like oh my god thank you this is exactly how I feel and I didn't feel like anybody else ever did this it's just felt like something shameful I did on my own and that's, I mean, that's just really resonated with me personally. And even at a podcasting conference, I was in a session and there was someone from TED Talks in there in NPR and they shared their failures and what they were doing trying to get podcasting launched. And that was the most helpful thing to me of like, oh my God, here I am trashing myself thinking I can't make this work, mm. but NPR is making, can't wow. either. So I'm like, okay, it's not just me. It's that this is a thing. And it just, I think gives everybody a sense of like, Do you think people that have a microphone like Ali and myself and you, do you think we should be more open about our failures? So then I guess that would help others. Or do you think we should just try to give advice so that people do not hit those failures? I'd say that is dependent on if that feels authentic to you or not. I wouldn't force anything like that. I think if you're okay with it, Mm. And that's something you want to do. You should absolutely do that. But if it's something where you're like, oh, well, this is how I'll connect by, you know, shoehorning in some failures. And I would say that yeah. then don't do it. That's not authentically you. You kind of made a comment too about feedback, right? So obviously people are receiving your message of failure. They are connecting with you in that sense. But I imagine the feedback that you were getting via radio and the feedback that you were getting via social media, were those different even down to the timing of it too? Because I feel like social media is much more instant. Oh, definitely. I mean, because with with radio, there's such a barrier of you have to like pick up a phone and call a radio station. And definitely with social media, people aren't really doing that. I mean, I don't, I, I didn't even do that when I was obsessed with radio. Yeah. Growing up, <laughs> like, I don't, don't want to call them. This you call weird. your favorite morning show people every morning? No, I never did. <laughs> 
Because wow. they'd probably be like, God, this girl. <laughs> Again? <laughs> Blocked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's, it's you know, there's, there's barriers if you have to call a radio station or you have to send an email. And it's like, you know, it's not that it's not as instant like when you're in your car or whatever. But on social media, there is that kind of immediate, like, yes, I want to answer this. Yes, I want to throw my two cents in. And just even the difference between doing, talking about my health in wellness, in weight loss, in podcasting and social media has a completely different engagement than I than my radio career mm-hmm. because it is like just so personal and it is very vulnerable and people just connect to it in a different way than like, hey, I got in a you know a baby pool full of skyline today. Like that <laughs> people engage with that, but it's just it's just totally different and it's sounds like it, a dream it, come it, true right there. <laughs> <laughs> And then it just, just hose me off in the parking lot. <laughs> Wrap you in the noodles. It'll be fine. <laughs> but it is, but it's, it's really, it's, it's interesting to kind of see the, the difference in that and, and just, yeah, how people engage or even just doing like a Facebook live hmm. or an Instagram, like a live video. And even though you're on radio live, but it's that's different. what people are like, even if they're listening to the radio, there's not that instant there's like at the keyboard right here for you to go to. So they can um, hide behind that persona almost and just comment. So when you were receiving that instant feedback on Instagram, how did that change your brand into what it is today? Did it have any influence? Well, definitely. Um, Just because I had seen, I mean, I'd been in radio for 20 years and in just the, the few years of having like a weight loss, you know, um, social media account and my podcast, uh, way more engagement than ever and much deeper engagement of, I mean, when you're, when you're getting messages saying like, you know, I listened to this episode and I cried and it changed my life and it changed my perspective and my mindset. It's like, holy crap. Like, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like one of those things that just hit me so much harder than, you know, I mean, I love getting the messages from radio of like, oh my God, you crack me up. You, I have a bad day and you make me laugh. And those things are, are really amazing. But whenever you compare it to something as personal as like your own body image Mm. and you know, how you're living your life in your own skin and knowing that your words are, are changing people's lives in that way of like, uh, it's just a completely different feeling. And that's for me of like, especially dealing with weight issues my whole life of I'm that person. Like, Holy crap. I've never thought that I would be the person that would give weight loss advice. (laughs) It's just seeing those sorts of things. And I think that that connection too, of like, once you make that sort of really vulnerable personal connection, like that's, that's somebody that's going to stick around. Mm. That's somebody that's going to bounce to another radio station. That's not going to be like, I moved and, I, mm. you know, whatever. It was cool listening to you, but bye. It's one of those things of like, no, I'm I'm going to follow you. I'm going to check in every day. Mm. I will sign mm-hmm. up for your newsletter. I Oh, you're going to sell something? I will buy it. If you're having a, a live podcast, I will show up. It's it's just this different, different level of connection and commitment. Mm. So. That brings up a good point. There's more than just podcasting that you do now. What are to explain for our listeners what else you have been working on besides the podcast? Oh man, a whole hodgepodge of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I never, I never ever sought out to be like an entrepreneur or a business owner. That's that's nothing that was really like, oh God, I gotta be able to do this. And and a thing that's um 
frustrating too is I was not allowed to have a side hustle really. So it's not like I could test this out and see how yeah. things were going to work or not because I, I was contractually not able oh, to wow. do this of things. And it's, you know, or without there a kickback going to the radio station. I mean, also they owned my podcast while I worked there. I mean, that was something that 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 was theirs. So leaving the radio station because I I have my Instagram and I was doing my meal prep because I'm a, I'm a meal prepper. I've been doing it almost a decade now of, you know, and so many people followed that. And, and just for me to show like, hey, it doesn't have to be that hard. It doesn't take that long. It doesn't have to be that complicated. Here's some recipes. I, I, I listened to feedback on Instagram and a lot of people wanted a cookbook. So I made mm. a digital cookbook with 16 recipes, all with full length videos showing you how to make all of oh, wow. food and with the recipe written out and shopping lists and stuff like that. So that's what uh, the first thing I worked on. And then sponsorships for the podcast. So there's that part of it. I also teamed up with the Frying Pig Seasoning here locally in Cincinnati because I love supporting local businesses and I can support local and plus they, you know, I trust their ingredients. And so I met up with them and after I had been buying their spices for a while and we designed my own, um, you know, everything bagel seasoning. So I have that same thing with coffee emporium. You know, you hit it big when you have your own everything bagel seasoning. (laughs) (laughs) That is everything. (laughs) I mean, it's amazing. I literally put it on everything. It's so awesome. (laughs) I had done so much stuff with the coffee emporium too. And so then I have my own because I have my, my favorite roast there. So I have my own roast of, You definitely have hit it. You have your own own coffee. You have your own spice. Like, what else do you have? (laughs) Oh my god! Yeah. Well, what else do I do? And then I just kind of do like some of the influencer stuff too, like the the Instagram things where I'll I'll partner up with uh, local companies. Mm. Like one of them is my friend Nikki. She owns uh, Explorer Chick, and she's based here in Cincinnati. And she has an amazing story. You guys should totally talk to her. She switched careers and decided to start this travel business for women only. And I met her early on and she was only had the business like a year or so when, when I met her and we became friends. And so I've, I've partnered with her on stuff for some of the trips that she's done. And Christ Hospital is huge because they sponsor my podcast and I've done things for them of, of writing blogs and shooting videos and creating recipes and stuff like that. And there's a couple other local companies I've done things with like 80 Acres Farms and uh, Skinny Piggy Kombucha. So when did you, you, you brought up a point that like, hey, I never sought out to be an entrepreneur. When was that like moment that you're like, oh, I actually am an entrepreneur. I can't believe I'm actually doing this. Like, what was there um, ever a moment for that for you? Man, well, it was a, it was a weird process because it was months of me leaving the radio station because um, I just chose not to renew my contract. So it was it that was an interesting time because I, I spent 2019 kind of wondering, you know, wavering around what I wanted to do, kind of knowing where the radio industry was going, kind of knowing for me, I wanted to go and where I wanted to grow. Just also seeing just the success in the way that I was connecting with this, you know, health and fitness angle. So it was a lot of just like, oh, what am I going to do? I don't really know all over the place. And then when I did make that decision, I still had four months left to uh, work out the rest of my contract at the radio station. So then it was just kind of like, I don't know, I'm just going to make this up. (laughs) (laughs) I feel you so hard on that. (laughs) It was just kind of like, you know, I didn't really have like some solid business plan. I mean, I dropped out of community college and I went to community college for broadcast. 
podcasting. I have no business experience. So it's like, I'm just going to do what I know and try to just. So on your first day after radio, what did you do? I drove to Asheville, North Carolina and got a tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) What was it? Um, I have here, it's on my wrist. And it's a couple things. So one is it's a Pachamama, which means Mother Earth. It's a like a spiral. Hmm. And that yeah. means several meanings for me. One, just like I love nature and hiking. And that's been so much part of my journey. But hmm. it also because if you think in, in nature, a lot of nature is like you see spirals and like snails and plants. But also you think like hurricanes and tornadoes. And that hmm. to me means with chaos and destruction on the other side of that is rebirth hmm. and renewal. So I have that. And then I have written one of my, the favorite compliment I've ever gotten. And I got this at the gym several years ago. One of the guys there, his name is Steven. And he worked out at Fit Next with me. And shout, out just, Steven. Shout, yeah, shout out to Steven. Steven. He doesn't even know this. Like I haven't seen him in years. And so he said, he just looked at me one day and he's like, you are a force. Ooh. And that was a compliment. And I'm like, like the force is with me. Right. And I'm so bad at accepting compliments. I'm not very good at it. And that's one where I'm like, I love that. I'm like, yes, I'm a force to be reckoned with. I'm a force of nature. And so that's what I have tattooed on me is that. And that is a really good compliment. Because if you're walking, yeah, you're walking into the, oh no, I'm like, I need reminders. Yes, exactly. Well, okay. So kind of, it kind of still bounces back off of what Patrick said. So you got your tattoo and then you come back and then what? And then I, well, I was in the process of taking over ownership of my podcast. So it's lawyers. (laughs) So it was, it was mid January of 2020, whenever final contracts were signed. And and then it was the process of, of moving the podcast over to all of my ownership and the things that I wanted to do with it. So then once that was in place, then it was like, okay, like, well, at the time, I mean, this is right before mm-hmm. COVID. And one yeah. of my plans was to, I want to learn how to be a personal trainer. I want to understand more about this space. And oh, we built a podcast studio in at Cincy 360 Fitness, my gym. And so my very first day with my very first like test client to learn to be a, a, a personal trainer was the day that the, the gyms got closed. Wow. Oh, of so, course it does. Yeah. And I had trips I was going to do with Explore Chick, um, a meal prep retreat in Moab that got canceled. That was supposed to be in April. I had speaking engagements planned. Those all got canceled. So wow. all the things that I did kind of have planned for myself were just obliterated because of COVID. So what did you do during COVID? Well, I did my podcast. <laughs> um, I really looked into doing online uh, virtual health coaching. So I, you know, discussed that with some friends and, and asked some advice on how to do that. And I'm like, well, I want to test the waters and see if that's something I like. So then that was building that into my website and my process, which also a huge shout out to Paul Brinker, who's local here in Cincinnati, who um, came up with my logos and um, built my website and has been full of business advice. He's been amazing. So he helped me build that out. We did with the coffee at my coffee, uh, coffee emporium in Christ hospital when COVID first hit immediately, I was like, let's get some coffee to the healthcare workers so they can stay energized because that's when we cared about healthcare workers for a minute. (laughs) And then everybody got over real quick, unfortunately. (laughs) Because they're just so angry about the whole situation. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And so it was, you know, then that was awesome for me because it's, benefiting Coffee Emporium. It's benefiting the hospital. Mm-hmm. People are able to find a way to be like, yes, oh my God, this is so scary. How can I help? And so yeah. it's a lot of, you know, the, mm-hmm. the word that we've heard a lot of uh, in 2020 of pivoting. And so it's just kind of like, okay, well, what else can I do? I can do virtual stuff. I can do online 
and line things. And then I just really hammered down on getting certifications. So I got uh, certified as a, as a nutritionist, certified as a personal trainer. I've got um, certifications in weight loss specialist and behavior change specialist. So of just kind of education and um, just trying to a little bit of everything. Do you feel, and when you hear the word brand influencer or influencer, what comes to mind? Do how do you feel about it? And do you consider yourself an influencer? I guess I technically am. I think it's different now than it has been in the past. I feel like now, I don't know. I hate to say this, but it almost has like kind of a douchey vibe to it because so many people, I think, abuse that and just Mm. sell crap to sell crap. And I mean, especially I'm specifically speaking in like the weight loss, health and fitness space, because there's so much information of like, drink this tea and you'll lose weight, buy these supplements, get the, you know, get these Kardashian. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) stuff like that. So it's like, when I think of, I hear like influencer, that's kind of what my mind goes to, or like, here's a picture of my ass looking perfect. That's highly Photoshopped and it doesn't feel very real at all. Everything just becomes a commercial. And so I know that's not everybody. So that's a blanket statement. But when you say that, that's kind of what I feel. And that's where I'm like, I don't want to be in that category. Mm-hmm. But, but technically, I, I am. I do have technically people. You still wanted to bring your authentic self to your newer businesses, right? Yeah. And I don't, I mean, I can't even say if that's successful or not. I'm probably not making the amount of money that some of these other people do. But I feel like that also gives me longevity, though, because it's really important for me to have for people to have trust in me Mm. that I don't want to accept money from anybody that I don't believe in without me trying the product or anything like that. I'm not going to just same thing with podcast guests. I'm not just going to throw anybody on there. That's going to sell crap. Like I want people to know that if you're coming to me for a resource, whether you're following me on social media or you're listening to my podcast, like this is something that I genuinely really believe in this. I think this is a good person. This is somebody where I would be like, yeah, uh, it's cool for you to spend your money with them or to follow them or listen to their advice. And it's really important for me to keep that message. And that's something that I, I did learn in radio because you can just be a whore for everything and endorse anything. <laughs> I, I didn't want to do that. Either. Street corner. <laughs> <laughs> and There's Amanda out there selling coffee on the side of the street. My God. <laughs> well, just stuff like even, you know, where I would be like, hey, do you want to do an endorsement for White Castle? Yeah. I'm like, no, I can't be talking out of those. <laughs> yeah. I can't be like, I don't eat. I haven't eaten fast food in a decade. But yeah, go oh, get wow. some nibblers. So <laughs> Here's some sliders. Yeah. <laughs> some chicken rings. So it, it's, that I think was a big message that I learned of like, you know, I, I don't want people to just be like, oh man, it's just hawking crap because she needs a buck. And mm-hmm. so I think because you're in such an interesting state where your business is you, like you are yeah. your brand. How do you keep that on track? Oh, because I, just, I imagine that's a lot to handle. Ah, that, yeah. That I mean, well, one, I say in the past year and a half, I'm antidepressants. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of tea. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that's just something that because again, I didn't. I was just kind of making things up as I go, which I still am. And even you know, I started therapy in 2020. That's something oh, wow. that, that I really was important for me to work on my mental health. Where she's even like, you know, having so many body image issues that I've had. Now your business and the way you make money is yeah. kind of dependent on you and your body and your own self-image. Like that's pretty destructive. And I'd say mm. especially with COVID and just kind of like how much that just messed with all of us, you know, mm. and, and dealing with the pandemic. 
like that and the stress of like, oh my God, like it's just me. And if I gain weight, then it feels like I'm lying and this is my job now. And it's just a lot of pressure and it's, it, it scrambles your head up. And so I'm getting, I'm in a much better place with it now of just authentically being me and admitting I did gain weight in COVID. I did gain weight in 2020 and I've, I think everyone gained weight. (laughs) Right, <laughs> with COVID night at the nineteen, <laughs> yeah, nineteen pounds, <laughs> and, and through that, like just learning the importance of asking for help and reaching mm. out for help. Of like, man, this mm. is more brutal than I thought it was going to be, and I need help through this. So, it's tough and it's hard because it's like I feel like if I had like a business where I had a brick and mortar, I was selling something. If I'm like, oh, I have watches yeah. or something like yeah. that, it's yeah. me out of it so much that it feels like it would be easier. But at the same time, I'm like, well, my business being me is weird for me in a, in a strange way. And it it's empowering and it feels narcissistic at the same yeah. way. So I kind of yeah. with that, but it's, I'm like, ultimately, it's just me. So it's not like, I mean, I'm always going to be me and I'm always going to have me. And even when I, I pull my audience for my podcast of like, what what's your favorite thing in the podcast or what do you want to hear more of? Usually the answer is more Amanda, which is yeah. cool. Yeah, right. So like that's empowering, but it's also scary of like, oh, God, well, I hope I'm saying the right thing. It's just a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah. You brought up a good point of like mental health not only from like an influencer perspective, but I think this is a good point, you know, especially in like the body and physical health, like mental health has a huge impact on that. How have you personally dealt with the mental health aspect, especially of like losing weight and I guess over the past few years? And then I guess what advice do you have for those that are, you know, let's say, say similar position, like, hey, I did gain weight over the past year. And that's partially because, you know, everybody's emotions was all over the place. But yeah. what are your thoughts about mental health in this space? Oh, I think mental health is incredibly important. Just even now of, of, you know, having a therapist of like, can I technically afford it? No, but can I, I but I can't afford not to have it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm extremely happy with like my results of having like having like talk therapy through that. And I think a lot of that is too is is you have to like really be brutally honest with yourself. You're gonna have mm. a lot of self-awareness and have card conversations of looking at yourself of like, you know, what do I love about me? And I think focusing on that too, of having gratitude and what you do really love about yourself. And then what things, you know, do you not love as much that you want to change? And that doesn't necessarily have to be your body or just actions like for me of like I get so angry and I have road rage and I'm like okay like well let me sit back and really think about why I'm doing this like what are the emotions because 75 is always under yeah. construction but it's like those things too of like or just even like around my binge eating of just like I, I'm doing this to numb out and really yeah, it's a trigger sitting, yeah the sitting in the ugly feelings and really taking a hard look at it and that that's how you're really going to change if, like with your mental health. And for me, it's the therapy, um, just reading a lot of books, audio books. Um, like I love like Brene Brown, you know, and just following the right people on social media to the people that kind of give me that uplift me and give me a good message and not make me feel like crap about myself. The things that do make me feel empowered and kind of give me, a, you know, a motivational mm-hmm to it. And mm. even just my circle of friends and everyone around me of people that just kind of have, um, you know, a more positive outlook or or mindset or just kind of like with the vibe I want to be in of, of like growth and, 
and improving myself and being my best self and living my best life. And I mean, it's a lot of things where it's like easy to say these things, but to actually put them into action is like incredibly hard. (laughs) And like you said, because your brand is also your business too. So there's so much overlap there where you're like, Hey, I'm trying to make money, but also I need to be healthy physically and mentally that line. And you talked about also asking for help. So when you going to therapy, kind of doing this self-discovery, where were those pockets and those holes that you were thinking, okay, I need to ask for help in order to make this business successful? Uh, well, one of them was, was um, like late summer in 2020, uh, just because I was, I've never experienced like this really dark depression before. Mm. And that's where my therapist is like, I, you need to go on antidepressants. And so mm. talking to my primary care physician through that. And so that's, you know, something that I'm like, well, I'm going to explore this and see where that is. For me, I was just so overwhelmed with everything and stressed out that I was falling back on my own food and and realizing where to step back of like, I was creating two recipes a week. And that was just kind of really wrecking my mental space and be like, it's okay if I don't do that. Like people aren't going to hate me or not follow me anymore or not care about Mm -hmm. me if I'm not giving them something all the time. So kind of pulling back on the things that were stressing me out. And then also I reached out, this is an incredible story. I'm trying to keep it as short as possible of reaching out to my friend, Sarah, that she discovered my podcast in 2018 from Instagram. And she lived in Colorado. She hired a coach here in Cincinnati that she heard on my podcast that she resonated with from that. She had her weight loss goals. She's completely changed her life. And she's a full-time health coach. And so I reached out to her and I'm like, yo, I'm struggle busing right now. I'm like, can you, I need somebody to hold me accountable. I'm like, I need somebody here with me right now, even though, and which is hard to be like, I started a business doing this thing yeah. to admit like I need help with this right now. Mm. And so I started working with her, which has been incredible of just like somebody to kind of lean on and, you know, not only helping me with business strategy and stuff like that too, but just to be like, help me accountable with, with my food and just help me through that process. And just even at that time too, I hurt my, like I had sciatic pain last year and I wasn't able to exercise, which was played into the depression. And then my friend Shelly from Shalati's reached out to me and I started doing Pilates to, to help me get back into exercise again without pain, going to physical therapy and working on my pain and just basically surrounding myself with people and figuring things out and asking people to help me like I'm not in a good place right now. And, and mm. I people to lean on, which is hard for me to do. And it's incredible. <laughs> but it sounds like you built up those people around you because of your business and where you were, which is, I think, the incredible part of that story. Yeah. And that's, I I did a, a podcast on this and I bawled my eyes out, but oh. I like, I created this podcast because any journey is hard, but especially like health and wellness and weight loss, mm-hmm. all that it's hard. And I felt like I did it alone and I didn't want anybody to feel that way. So I created this podcast to give people resources to help them on their journey. And ultimately it ended up giving me my own resources to pull me out of a dark place. That is wild. I know. Isn't that cool? But that's (laughs) honestly, that's, that's so heartwarming too. And Mm -hmm. when, when you talk about these resources, right, you are building relationships, those that becomes a resource, you are physically creating content. So from a business perspective, how are you managing that now and moving forward? What is your strategy? Because you said it yourself, oh my goodness, are people going to still like me if I don't 
you know, post three times a day or something like that. What advice do you have to give to someone in that space? What's the most valuable content? I say, well, I guess the advice would just be is ask your people, ask the people Mm -hmm. that you want to reach, ask like your target audience and just ask them, what do you guys, what do you want? Like Mm -hmm. what's helpful for you? Like, how can I help with that? And I mean, I've done survey monkeys. I put surveys on Instagram and stuff like that of like just asking questions and asking often. And sometimes you're going to get answers that hurt your feelings and you're, it's just like, that's part of the process, but it's like, you sometimes, you know, in radio, it's called air checking of like yeah. listen back to your show and tell you what you screwed up. <laughs> it's <laughs> not fun. There's nice, there's nice compliments in there, but it's mostly to constructive sometimes, not constructive. <laughs> <laughs> Subjective sometimes. Right. And so I guess my, my advice would be is just, yeah, be open for constructive criticism. Ask your audience what are, whatever that is, what they need and what they want and how you can serve them. But for me, I, I'm just, my strategy moving forward is to, because my business is me, which is strange, is to be like, well, I should just, again, if, and I'm also such a believer in authenticity and doing mm-hmm. what I want, like mm-hmm. then really searching of what not only helps other people, but what do I really want? What do I want my yeah. life to look like? What do I want how do I want this to serve me and how can I blend those two things together? So, you know, that my business is thriving because I'm thriving and not that I'm just pumping stuff out there to make money, but what am I doing to like really enrich my life? And by doing that, that other people can kind of see that's what I'm doing for myself and know that they can do that for themselves too. So speaking of if they can do it for themselves, what, you know, pieces from your journey of becoming this business I hate to, I hate the word guru and I know Allie hates the word guru I too, say that all the but time we like too. we got to think of a better I, word I guess this business person <laughs> 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 you know from not being in the business realm you know what you know pieces of advice or I guess pieces of action do you think you know people wanting to do this should do oh god yeah I guess just ask as many people as possible I've been so lucky that through like personally my podcast in and being such a huge supporter of local business mm-hmm. of to ask other business owners of like what are you doing what do you think I should do and just and just the camaraderie because what I have learned <laughs> at least from everybody I know that's an entrepreneur mm-hmm. is like oh my god I feel crazy all the time <laughs> imposter <laughs> syndrome <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like it's hard and you work long hours and you beat yourself up and there's burnout and, you know, Mm. even the people that you see on the outside that you think are just crushing are still are dealing with their own battles. And I think that whenever, you know, you have those real conversations and you can have those kind of like brainstorms with other people, even though they're not, I mean, so many people I talk to own small businesses, but they're, it's not necessarily weight loss or health and fitness. It's their own way, but they, it's, it still translates of like, how are we all dealing with this? How are we taking our care of ourselves through it? Mm. What's the best avenue to go? And then taking that information of like, well, is that best for me? And I had so many people give me advice on, you know, what I should do building a business specifically when talking about like doing like virtual health coaching. And there's so many things that are working for other people, but I'm like, that doesn't necessarily work mm-hmm. for me. So what pieces of each one of those things can I borrow from and build my own? Yeah. What were some of those key pieces for you? <laughs> um, I think that one of just 
I don't know. I don't even know how to answer that question. Um, <laughs> you don't have to, by the way. You can say pass. <laughs> pass. Wait, okay. Well, with that, so scaling and growing your business, and are you, as an entrepreneur, are you choosing to keep it small, or is there a way to grow Amanda Valentine's, you know, you could pound this podcast and amount Amanda Valentine bites, or is, will it just constantly stay small? I don't know. Like right now, because it's, I don't know, it's constantly always changing. Like right now, I, I'm really kind of really focused on the podcast and growing that. So, I, but, so I've been personal training and since E360 Fitness since the beginning of the year. So I, I also am doing that. So I'm an employee um, doing that there. And I have like all these other little bits and pieces of things. But I'm like, ultimately, again, through like kind of that self-reflection of like, well, this all began and the catalyst of all of this is my podcast. And, yeah. you know, you think of just a shotgun blast where I'm everywhere of like, okay, well, where are the places that I need to tie myself and pull mm. myself back? in and really focus. And so that's kind of the headspace I'm in now of like, okay, well, instead of just maintenance mode and survival mode, which I feel like I've kind of been running on in so much learning mode too, because it's essentially I'm, I'm a, kind of like a college student without being in college. I'm just learning a whole new industry <laughs> and not only business, but health and fitness. And, you know, mm. I've been radio forever. I, it's the only thing I've ever done besides, you know, like working at gas stations and waitressing and stuff <laughs> like that. And so <laughs> like I'm in such a learning growth phase, but at the same time of like, okay, well, I'm getting through so much of this. Now I feel like it's time to try to really grow this and see, see where I can, can take mm. this thing. And can I make this you know, as big as possible. And I don't know, I, I have no idea where I'll go because it's one of those things. I mean, people will make TikTok videos and one person will just you'll blow up and it'll change your entire life. So you I know. <laughs> I'm um, hoping that happens. <laughs> are you on TikTok? I am, but I'm not good at it. Man, it's, that's, this is where I, I'm, I'm mad at myself is when I was in college, I dropped out of the video class I was in because I was like, I want to be on radio. I don't care about video. And <laughs> that's just nothing I, I ever dumped my time into. And I feel like I'm paying the price right now because mm. so many things are video focused and I'm just not. And I, and to take the time to learn it and get good at, good at it is just another thing on the list. And it just keeps it keeps hitting the bottom. And so it's like, God, man. I, well, maybe the three of us need to meet up and we can all practice our TikTok dances together. Yeah. <laughs> I was practicing this weekend, so I'm so ready. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I could do it. I was the WAP dance from last yeah. year. <laughs> yeah, I, and I, yeah, I guess WAP and any of those old school dances probably aren't cool anymore. I think Floss is already out. Oh, yeah. I think that, <laughs> that's way gone. <laughs> <laughs> My last question. You had an incredible personal and professional journey. What did you learn from your personal life journey, especially your weight loss journey? And that thing that you learned, how did you apply it to your professional and business life? What I learned is dig deep within myself and face myself with hard things, of uh, things that you know, kind of like that air check session or getting criticism of like really sitting back and reflecting of, 
you know, thinking of like who I am and what I want and what can I do best and, and understanding my own strengths and weaknesses. And even just in radio and being on so many shows, like in mm. dealing with consultants and stuff like that, it's like, who's your character? Who are you? And how do people relate to you? And of really just kind of really knowing yourself. And I think knowing that, and then for me now too, is like knowing where my strengths are and where my weaknesses are, and then finding the people around you that can help support you and fill in those gaps so you can move forward. And I think think for me as, as I'm learning just being out solo on my own that I'm like I, I can survive on my own and I can do well on my own but I, I thrive in a team and I love working with other people and so now it's just kind of like okay so how do I how do I assemble my team and what do I need to do to succeed in business to get the money there or the resources or the funds and all that stuff so I can build out a team so I can be the best I can be so I think also just admitting to yourself sometimes of like maybe I'm not great on my own and I need somebody to yeah. be the, the yin to my yang and I think that just comes from really knowing yourself and being honest with yourself about who you are and what you have to offer. You go from air check to a hard reality check. Yes. <laughs> and on that note, where can people check you out? Um, all over the place. So my website is amandavalentinebites.com. Um, I'm also at poundthis.com. It's not porn. It's my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> only fans, we can move into some only fans action. <laughs> there you go. Who <laughs> wants to see my feet? Hey. <laughs> Maybe we're just doing this all wrong to begin with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't take any of our advice. <laughs> so those are the websites. Um, also, you can listen to my podcast anywhere. I mean, anywhere where you listen to podcasts, you can find Pound This. I'm on Instagram at You Can Pound This. Um, also, not porn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Quickly, where did that name then come from? Oh, well, originally when I started, because it started as a blog, it started as yeah. wait a minute, like W E I G H T. And people got very confused. And also it was something where that was already trademarked. And at the time at the radio station, I was I was being highlighted um, by Women's Health for my weight loss journey. And they're like, well, we don't want to, if they're going to promote your podcast, we don't want to promote something that we can't even ever like own the name for. So we changed the name and um, I will credit, we were stuck forever on a name that that worked, that felt like me, but also was like a URL available and didn't have another podcast. Yeah. And we were stuck on it forever. And I asked uh, Pistol Pete, rest in peace, we lost uh, yeah. Pistol Pete last year, who is on The Wolf. And he's just like, how about pound this? And I was like, oh my God, I love it. And we <laughs> it up and it wasn't porn and the website wasn't taken. And we're like, let's go. You're like, it's fun. It's risque. Yeah, it's it has multiple meanings. And um, I'm actually about to launch a Patreon podcast as a subset to pound this, which is called Pound Town. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you need a sign. Which I am forever entertained by. So, you know, if you guys if you guys want me to ever take you to Pound Town, you are welcome. <laughs> I really hope you just get like a big neon sign. <laughs> welcome to Pound Town. Exactly. <laughs> so that's how that came. And I, you know, I, I love the name. And some people are automatically, they're just like, I thought that you were like totally like a porn spammer on Instagram <laughs> or they're like, Oh, I never even thought of it as porn, but the name, someone already was using the name pound this on Instagram. Of, of course, somebody that hasn't used their account in like five years, but I can't have the name. So you can pound this came, came from that. And now that that's just like so ingrained in everything that I feel like I can't change the name of that. 
It's so good though. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that note, Amanda, we really appreciate you taking the time and chatting with us today. This was great. Yes. Thank you so much. I personally loved that. I mean, I think all of us can relate to her and her story, both mm-hmm. personally and professionally. I think, especially after the, <laughs> the past year. COVID. Oh, oh my God. The, the COVID-19. COVID 19, like 19 pounds is real. Uh, <laughs> and I yeah. think and the fact that she also built a business, like she was just tar- starting to take off when COVID hit. Yep. And so the fact that, you know, she is absolutely killing it now and she's learned a lot through this entire process and how her personal journey influenced her professional journey and how her mental health and her physical health affected her professional health. So yeah, it, it, her, it, it's, she is that very interesting case where mm-hmm. Every aspect of her life is very intertwined, Mm. which can get complicated. Mm -hmm. So yes, that asking for help is really important because yes, I think we can sometimes think that we can go out alone Mm -hmm. and we have all these ideas, but there's a little bit of that balance of, well, we don't know everything. Hence that reality check. Mm -hmm. You really need that to dig deep in yourself. So what are those things that you have to ask for help for? And, you know, compartmentalizing a little bit. Mm. That's not easy. It isn't. And I think that, you know, asking for help and compartmentalizing goes back to that authenticity piece she brought up. Being authentic Mm -hmm. with yourself, with others, uh, you know, and Mm -hmm. I think that's something that anybody can do. Like, let's be authentic. With what she does, and and Patrick, as you know, I I very much resonate with this coming from the traditional media side, Mm. you know, we we become an on-air talent of sorts, and we typically, it's across most people that I've met in the industry who, who are in this field, we love people, we love storytelling, we like entertaining, we like making people laugh or feel a certain way, mm-hmm. but making that and turning that into a business is tough. Mm-hmm. And, and how do you make money off of that? And that's why I asked the question, you know, how do you want to scale and how do you want to grow this? And mm-hmm. I think she's doing a good job by also dipping herself into different aspects of the fitness industry, right? So she is, yes, her core and her bread and butter is her experience of being a broadcaster and and an entertainer, but she has moved. She saw that her audience was in the fitness space. Mm -hmm. So so then she forced herself to say, okay, if I want to embed myself into this fitness community, self-reality, you know, reality Mm -hmm. check, I need to then get certifications in nutrition. I need to get certifications to become a personal trainer so I can also be in that space as well and be the best person I can be and bring those other broadcasting skills to the table. Yeah. And it, it clearly led to other opportunities. Mm-hmm. She has her own spice. What? And her own coffee. I know. That's so cool. <laughs> and so it actually makes me excited for, you know, being in this industry. I've never, like, yeah. I think I told you when we first started, I was like, oh, what the heck am I getting myself into? <laughs> but it made me excited for like, what can when pigs fly, you know, eventually mm-hmm. become, maybe we'll get our own spice or our own coffee. <laughs> yes, I'm hoping for bourbon, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll shoot for the bourbon. We'll shoot for the bourbon. And on that <laughs> note, to help us get our own bourbon, go yes. like, share, subscribe, wherever you listen to this podcast. And then follow us on social media at When Pigs Fly. Uh, we're on LinkedIn. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. So 
all the major social medias and uh, maybe soon to be t- TikTok. Uh, oh, I know. <laughs> but go, uh, go follow us there. And thank you for listening. Reach out to us if there's something that you would like to hear. As you know, Amanda said during this podcast, she likes hearing from her audience. We do too. So please we reach do out. Do. Feedback. <laughs> Feedback is good. And that is at hosts at whenpigsfly.fm uh, or Patrick at whenpigsfly.fm or our at onepigsfly.fm. And I think on that note, Allie, prost. Cheers. And here's some necessary legal stuff. Allie Martin and Patrick Bailey developed the When Pigs Fly podcast in collaboration with the Up Company LLC. At the time of this recording, we do not own equity or other financial interest in the companies which appear on this show unless otherwise indicated. All opinions expressed by podcast participants are solely their own opinion and do not reflect the opinions of the EW Scripts Company and its affiliates or Generator Management LLC and its affiliates or any entity which employ us. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. We have not considered your specific financial situation nor provided any investment or legal advice on this show. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next week. We also want to give a shout out to Claire and Christian of Moonbow. They're the two artists of our intro song, which is so catchy and gets stuck in our heads all the time. So bop over to Spotify or wherever you find your music and give them a listen. And Like the Night by Moonbow is courtesy of Silver Lake Sync.